I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals Eye View Podcast. There I was, having a perfectly normal weekday morning start to my day. Number one is play with the cats, say good morning, tell them I love them, while also doing my morning stretching routine that gets my limbs oiled up, if you will, internally through movement, thinking a bit about my client sessions, you know, multitasking with the best of them. When Out of the corner of my eye, I happened to see, and more importantly, feel the energy shift between Hunter and Lil Delilah's play session. I was moved out of the loop of their energy play that admittedly I had started, and now it was heading into a full-on takedown of each other, a la WWE, best of the best of the best. You know, sometimes with any species, it begins innocently enough, a play bow here, a butt wriggle there, a soft woof, a slightly arched back, and one of those closed paw swipes that honestly may be the end of a really lovely grooming or cuddle session. It's as if in their infinite wisdom and to partner with all of that light that came before, A bit of contrast makes its appearance, and after all, that's a good thing at times. However, (laughs) when that energy shifts just a little bit into territory that looks like it's verging into the aforementioned WWE SmackDown, I perceive it's good as a guardian not to stop it immediately because, number one, sometimes it's necessary, and number two, to pay close attention to it so that if it does continue on the contrast trajectory, it is your job to redirect as you need to. Followed by, I perceive again, (laughs) a clear and calm conversation about how this is your home, everyone lives here, and only harmony and peace will reign and they need to get on board with that program. This last, I think, is especially important because they rely on you for that security. Truly, they do. This isn't about punishing. This this truly is about redirecting. I, I don't know how long Hunter and Lil D, for short, had been at the shelter together, but only that the shelter staff indicated that they had become bonded with each other, and both were at that point in time, a bit compromised. And and to be honest, I'm fairly certain that <laughs> the shelter staff saw me coming and they're just like, oh, yeah, this woman. Yeah, I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to give her the two for one special. 
Hunter had been adopted out as a barn cat, as I think I've shared before, and became so stressed that he started pulling out his fur and so then was returned to the shelter. Knowing his temperament after a year and a half with me, he likes his independence, that's for sure, but he also loves belonging to a family. It's a security thing for him, I think. He can be quite affectionate, mostly on his own terms. I am perfectly okay with that. Lil D came from Kansas, according to the shelter, and she was wearing the sleeve of an adult's long sleeve t-shirt to keep her from over-grooming on her belly. The cuff of the sleeve fit perfectly over her head and around her neck, if you might get that visual. And the size of the t-shirt sleeve was just a bit snug on her body, which gives her that slight compression a la um, Thundershirt. There were holes cut out for her front legs as well as for the back. I know this because I also had to sacrifice, not really sacrifice, but you know, uh, use one of my old t-shirts because after a couple of months, the <laughs> the other ones that she came home with from the shelter started to get a little bit ratty. And then the rest of the sleeve was also open for all things elimination related. And honestly, it worked really well. Other than that, though, at about a year old, nothing was known about her previous life in Kansas. The shelter vet did determine after tests that were run for all things kind of virus and bacteria related that it wasn't either of those two things that was causing her skin to become itchy that would have then led to the overgrooming. He seemed to perceive that the overgrooming was likely to distress, and so all the more reason to see about getting her into at least a foster home pretty quick. So for that reason, because I was so interested in then Flynn Rider, a la Hunter, a non-coincidence with my last name, you know, <laughs> it's a sign, as I said, soon to be Hunter. Lil D's name was Ponch. I'm not really sure uh, about that. Um, she doesn't have a Ponch. Well, maybe now she does. Uh, and when I was going home from the shelter, I heard the song in my head, um, Hey There, Delilah. I'm like, yep, done, Delilah. That's what it'll be, Lil D. And as I said, the shelter offered a two-for-one foster to adopt fee for me. And I tell you, I was in. And I think like any new guardian, as the song goes, it feels like the first time in every good and terrifying way possible. My previous cats had been adopted as kittens, and so I knew them at an early age, and I, I saw them. I watched them grow up. I didn't have to guess or otherwise search out the effects of being in any home other than mine that Hunter and Lil D brought with them an increased of this every good and terrifying way possible. Hunter, especially with his temperament, it was easy to see why he was adopted out as a barn cat because he's definitely more flight and freeze around humans than Lil D is. I suspect that she was with other humans in a close way before because of how easily she comes to new people in my home and even kept a much closer eye on my grand dog. That's a thing for me now, I guess, with a daughter-in-law <laughs> who came to visit over the holidays. 
Both she and Hunter interacted a bit more in their unique ways with the lovely Sam, an 11-year-old female German Shepherd, who is the grand dog. And it was really fun to watch and see how they chose to do that. I was aware that there wasn't any fear on my part of what might happen, only that as a guardian, and as this would be a really new thing for the cats, that I needed to be supportive and neutral about what everyone was doing when they were together. Humans and animals alike, truth be told. (laughs) We all know how that works. All went so smoothly that I think it bodes really well for Hunter and Lil D possibly having a canine brother or sister at some point. But back to the WWE takedown of earlier this week, though. In their first year together with me, there were distinct patterns that emerged. Hunter could be a bit um, overbearing with any kind of play, and of course, that's an anthropomorphic way of putting it. In energy terms, he was just simply at a different frequency than Lil D was. He was built for quick strikes thus his name Hunter, while Lil D can play with the presumed prey, whether that's, frankly, at this point, the end of a stick or a laser pointer or a feather. And it's that instinctual behavior that reinforces her hunt for a much longer period of time than Hunter. So, again, not dissimilar to people whose range of hobbies and things they like to do vary, both in terms of vibration itself and frequency. And so for their relationship in the beginning, she hung back a bit and waited for Hunter to kind of get the play out of his system, and then she would move in for her play. And still to this day, she tends to kind of glance over her shoulder a little bit for Hunter coming in to interrupt her play a few times during a play session. shes I can tell she's still a little concerned about that. Where food was concerned, it was definitely Lil D, who was the one who was on the hunt, to be sure. <laughs> to the extent that all, although I offer food to them in two bowls in several locations throughout my multi-level townhome, they often feed, curiously enough, out of just one one bowl at different times, but one bowl together. And I think maybe that's a holdover from their time together in the shelter. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. And she also, no matter which food bowl is put down first, wants to be the first to eat. Hunter in the round her a bit, wait for her to settle in, and then he comes over to start eating himself. So I try to put down both bowls at the same time and encourage him to start eating with her. And even that has changed a bit in their year and a half with me. This WWE thingy was yet another probably upshift in their energy together and how their relationship is evolving. Because for the first time ever, there there were definitely growls and a couple of pretty loud hisses that accompanied their wrestling together. Every so often in the past, I found a very slight tooth mark, usually on Hunter, that I know came from Little D. Certainly didn't come from me. (laughs) And this latest seemed to change positions of power several times. First, she was chasing him, and as she carries her body weight differently than he does, seemed to want to be the taker of the match versus the takey by way of virtual immediate pin down. Hunter when it was his turn to chase, was decidedly more attacking at the low back and neck area, which, 
From a price standpoint, you may be able to feel why he would do those two moves right away. The energy, though, that really got my attention was much more of a, oh, H-E, double hockey sticks, it's on, pal. The kind where, as I mentioned earlier, you can sense between animals uh, in a group or even two, like two dogs, for instance. It happens in a flash when just a moment before, everything seemed to be in good order. So so I watched them for a few seconds. I heard the growl and the hiss. I felt the energy shift again. I raised my voice and I said, what's going on now? Another few seconds, no shift in energy. So I deepened my voice, called both of them by name and said, quit. That paused it for a few breaths, during which I felt the energy downshift a bit. It was less of a fierce quality when they resumed again, yet I still felt that that redirection was needed once more. And so in this way, you can see that it was a a call and response, if you will, on my part of their energy. It was stepping into that flow of energy so that I could help them manage what was going on while still being mindful of the parameters of their relationship because It's my role as a guardian to make sure no one gets seriously hurt. And as you all have companion animals yourselves, it is a bit of a tricky business. So they broke it up in the next minute or so, and still the chase was on. She was leading. He was following up the stairs. I followed as well and watched as, tails swishing madly back and forth, there was a staring contest a yard or so apart. Because I had followed them, they were considering their options. This was quite clear. (laughs) Another minute later, and having the contrast be thoroughly spent, one ended up near the back door and the other a good six feet away, lying by the stairs, looking for all the world like he was on a beach somewhere, (laughs) perfectly relaxed. That's when we had the conversation about harmony and peace in this home, and that those were the guidelines for all beings who live here. I think they got the message, at least until next time. And this whole microcosm was such a perfect picture into the continual evolution of their relationship together. And of course, we might as well put that down to whatever stage of cat experience development they're in, and as well, how that's affecting their relationship with each other and with me. Lil D would love for me to wear her as a scarf most mornings before I get out of bed and at the end of the day. And it's really the only time she wants to be cuddled. She'll get up around my neck, purr, 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 lots of kisses, walking around trying to get settled while I'm trying to make sure that I still remain breathing. That has remained constant. And even with that, if we don't get a chance to do that in the mornings, I get a double dose of it at night for which I frankly am most grateful. Hunter, for his part, is also not a lap kitty, unless I'm also prone, usually in bed, and it's already dark outside, which means that I'm not likely to catch him unawares and scoop him up for yet another trip to the vet's office. As I've said before, they're sentient beings just as we are, and no doubt there will be more WWE venues to a more or less degree than others as their relationship evolves. And as well, my relationship with each of them and ours together as a group will continue to evolve. 
I, for one, can't wait to see what else they have in store for me. And I think certainly those of you who have adopted a much younger animal into a family with a much older animal are witness to a swift trajectory as well of how quickly these relationships can evolve with almost whiplash speed. It could be that they started out well enough, mutual tolerance, and all of a sudden, they seem to have hit a very rough patch with each other. It could be that with the merging of households and hearts that relationships with set guardians, as I've run across lately, is seemingly fraught with shifts and changes that leave the humans feeling quite vulnerable indeed. It's all related. Animals, as we've always said, tend to incorporate these changes much easier than we do. And here's the key. As I've said before, when you shift your energy first, then they will follow with their shift of energy. Twas ever been so and shall continue, at least according to animals. I encourage you to bring them along with you in these discussion of relationship shifts. They're quite capable of handling most of our contrast situations as long as you bring them into the discussion. No one likes to be surprised with a brand new sentient being at home. Look, sweetie, look what I picked up at the store today, a whole new person, which is exactly how it feels to them. They're family or will be soon enough, so bring them with you so that they have the support of the family unit as much as possible. And so if we pull our lens back a bit to the macro and bring our sentient being relatives with us, we come into the place where all relationships with Earth herself as another sentient being are evolving. All over the news reports from biologists, ethologists, and the like are apparently, quote, startling discoveries about how animals in the wild are evolving beyond what humans considered, quote, normal, and are now doing, third quote, strange things. There's nothing strange about it at all, the animals say. As the earth is evolving on her own in accordance with her soul path as she sees it, there is also the undue burden our species has placed on her veritable life form, something we call our planet. So all of these shifts are felt intimately by all animals, and most significantly by animals in the wild who don't have the direct contact with the human species and therefore overarching influence as do our companion animals. They feel these shifts much more deeply than we do, certainly, and as such, and as they want their own species to continue to survive, they have altered and fit their relationship into the much larger container for that relationship offered by Earth. In other words, a deep abiding mutual respect for all of the shifts the planet is undergoing, and at the same time, they manage to be magically on board and moving forward in the planet's own evolution because they, too, understand that the design of the planet is shifting from duality to unity, and by leapfrogging over duality into the balance and partnership of contrast to light and light itself. There isn't just one or the other, as humans perceive, it is both at the same time, always. Certainly, if, as more of our species leans into this non-duality in reality, and moving beyond it into merely unity, more bright sparks and flashes of light will appear to pierce the contrast of our human experience. 
Talk about a relationship changing and incorporating the whole cycle at once, death transition and rebirth, because it is beyond time and it's what's needed by all other earthlings. We can move to join our animal relatives and act as the true guardians in the role we were given. Watching and more importantly, feeling the energy shift and shifting with it so as to prepare for more evolutions to come. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanflynn.com. Come find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.